0: Well, guys, tonight we're going to talk about the difference between identity in Christ and sovereignty. Identity in Christ and sovereignty. Praise God. Couple things. If the internet, if your internet or this internet, uh, composes problems or is challenging for you, we're also on a conference line, and that number is in the post section. And it says, having trouble with the Internet, and it gives the post. It gives the number and the access code. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you now also, and perhaps Amy will just put it in the comment section as well, having trouble with the Internet, dial uh, 605 -475 475 475 Three, and uh, if you and the access code is three four one zero 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 pound. So if you guys do that, if you're having any trouble, you can do that, and we should be good to go. You'll be able to catch what we're saying and what we're doing, regardless of whether it's clear or not. I'm not sure, Amy. What is the um, the uh, picture quality on this? Because I, I really just can't tell at the moment but it looks uh, grainy to me. I'm not sure. Um, let's see. We're going to get started. I want to talk about the difference between identity and sovereignty, identity and sovereignty. So we're going to go ahead and, and we're just going to jump right in and get started, and those who may want to join us, they can do so. But for right now, we are going to go ahead And talk about this. I wanted to share with you something the Lord has been teaching me a tremendous deal about. And uh, my gosh, the revelation just continues to come. But I want to share with you what he's teaching me about identity and sovereignty, and, you know, it's not the difference. It's not either or, either identity with Christ or sovereignty. It's it's both. It's Think about it as a left and right hand. You need both of them to function well and to function the way that God has intended us to function. And so identity has to do with our values. It has to do with our beliefs. It has to do with who you are. It It asks that question, who are you and who am I? You know, how do you see yourself? how do How do I see myself? You know, we initially get our identity from our families of origin, um, and then that's who we identify with most—good, bad, or indifferent. That's we largely develop an identity for those people, those caretakers, our family of origin, that contributed to our formative years and our growth. But then, as we grow, our friends you know they contribute the people that we identify with also contribute to our identity you know with your friends you have some shared beliefs shared values that what separates you and your friendship from other friendships and then as we grow we get into clubs and organizations that we affiliate with religious you know religious experiences churches all of this impacts our identity who we are who you see yourself to be so identity is about who you are it answers the question who are you so when we receive christ we receive we were born again so when we receive christ as you guys know we were born again and we received a new identity second corinthians 5 17 says therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation and has become a new creation old things are gone the new is here And so we often talk about the worth and value, our value in Christ and to see yourself as Christ sees you, as God sees you, and that our value and our worth is in Christ. Christ. And That's what we teach, and that's what we teach young Christians. And there are a lot of scriptures that talk about this. You know, when you see scriptures that talk about you are or we are, it is speaking to your identity. It is speaking to who God decided that you will be, who God declares that you are. Let me give you a few of those scriptures. Again, what I'm doing tonight is separating the difference between your identity with Christ and your sovereignty, your sovereignty. And so 1 Peter 2, 2, 9 says, but you are. Remember, you are, and that is a a statement of identity. That's answering the identity question. But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So here, Peter is declaring what we are. He's declaring our identity. He's answering the question, who are we? Who are you? Who am I? And then Galatians 3.26 says, for in Christ you are all sons of God through faith. Again, that's an answer to the identity question, who are you? You are sons of God through faith. So anytime you see in scripture where it's talking about you are or we are, and, and what follows is some noun, um, it's talking about who we are, in God, who we are as a result of being born again, who we are is talking about our identity. So our identity in Christ, we are sons of God. We're all the sons of God, whether you're male or female. The Bible says you are all sons of God through faith. And then First John 3, 2 says, dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. Excuse me one second. Has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears we shall be like him, for as he is, so are we. We get our identity from Jesus. You know, first John four seventeen says this by living in God love has brought to its fullness its expression in us. So that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment, because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. So all that he is. So the Bible says that we are we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, that we are the head and not the tail. We are kings and priests. So, again, all of these things are speaking to our identity. So our identity, again, is about who who you are. It's about what you believe. It's about what you value. It's about the right to govern your life. So now let's just talk about for a moment, sovereignty. Sovereignty is about the ability to rule your life. So identity is about who you are. It gives you the right. It gives you the right, but sovereignty gives you the ability. So we need both the right and the ability to do something. So think about this: You and I could have the right to do something and not the ability to do it. You know, if I have a driver's license, I have the right to drive a car. But if I don't have a car or access to a car, I don't have the ability to drive it. So identity gives us the right to do something, and sovereignty is the ability to do it. So think about it. Remember, so sovereignty is about power. It's about rulership. It's about control. It's about authority. It's about independence. It's about governance. So the question that sovereignty asks you and me is who governs you? It's about control. Who is controlling you? What is controlling you? So when we think about sovereignty, we mostly apply that term to God, the sovereignty of God. And nobody, and you think about it, and that's absolutely correct because nobody controls God nobody controls god nobody just nobody regulates god god governs himself he loves us as an independent act of his will that means that his love is not dependent it doesn't rise or fall on anything that you or i can do isn't that wonderful cuz my god sometimes the things we do you know we just really just want to just go away shame and guilt and all of that and god says he still loves us. Whether we make our bed in hell or in heaven, God loves us. We can't change this because Jesus, because God the Father loves us as a supreme act of his will, and we don't have the ability to alter his will. The Bible says that, His will is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. His word is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. His will does not change. So we don't have the will to change the sovereignty of someone else. So there's nothing we can do about it because sovereignty has to do with self-government. It's interesting, and I'm going to read some scriptures to you, but before that, I was uh, watching this show the other day called Super Nanny, and um, on this show, this child, this maybe three- or four-year-old child, was throwing a tantrum, and um, it was, he was just out of control. And the, mother, the way the mother dealt with the tantrum is that she would just give him whatever he wanted. So if, he's, if he cried loud enough, screamed long enough, you know, at some point he knew that that behavior was going to result in him getting what he wanted. So Supernanny came in, and she said, you know, in essence, you're going to have to toughen up. He said, she said, when you put him in timeout, it can't just be, it, it needs to be long enough until he gains self-control. So she said, when he's in timeout, you want to, when he's, after he's quiet, you still want to wait about three minutes. Because we're teaching him how to rule himself, not to be dependent on other people to rule them. I just thought that was just so applicable to what God is teaching me and and so many others about sovereignty, is that even at a young age, we can begin to teach our children how to govern themselves. Oh, my gosh. It's just an amazing, not only skill, but necessary to you and I fulfilling our destiny. So – when we think about it, if God is self-governing and Jesus is the son of God and in the fullness of God, that also means that nobody controls Jesus. He thinks, acts, decides for himself. Here are his words in John ten seventeen through 19. And I debated on what translation to read because they all pull out different things that I think are just juicy and could be unpacked further. But I settled on the passion translation and so I encourage you to read this set of scriptures in other in other um, translations. Read as many as you can because you'll get the fullness of what the Spirit of God is saying. But in John 10, 17 through 19, in the Passion Translation, it says, The Father has intense love for me because I freely give my own life to raise it up again. I surrender my own life, and no one has the power to take my life from me I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the power to take it back again. This is the destiny my father has set before me. This teaching set off another heated controversy among the Jewish leaders. And we're not going to go there today, but what's interesting is I'm studying this. Every time Jesus expressed sovereignty, there was a problem. Every time that Jesus declared his sovereignty. Every time he used his sovereignty, his self-government, his self-rule, every single time people, the Jewish leaders or the Pharisees, had a problem with it. And right here in verse 19, this teaching, what teaching? The teaching about sovereignty. Here in these these verses, Jesus was declaring his sovereignty. He had already established his identity with the Father. The Father said, this is my beloved." love son hear ye him and jesus already said you know what i see my father do i you know uh what i i do what i see i I do what i see my father do i say what i hear him say so there was already identity was established what jesus was establishing here was sovereignty and control over his own life you know it's interesting because in many other translations the word destiny in this verse the word command, commandment, orders, the charge is used in place of destiny. So it will read this way. This is the commandment my father has set before me. This is the, These are the orders my father has given me. So what are the orders? The orders are not only that you identify with Christ, but the orders are that you own your life fully. The orders are that you think and decide for yourself. The orders are, the commandment is, That if you and I are going to fulfill our destiny, we must take hold of our lives in the same way Jesus did when he said, no one takes my life. I surrender my own life. So after we identify with Christ, we must exercise sovereignty and surrender to God. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. This is a law. That is a fact. It's a law of the kingdom. So if you want to operate effectively in the kingdom, you and I must you and I must reclaim our sovereignty, you know when Jesus died, you know he not only won our freedom, he says Christ died for freedom's sake, so he won us the right to make choices for ourselves. He won us the right he 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 reconciled us to the Father, but one other thing Jesus did when he died for us is he won back our right to govern ourselves that's why what's happening in this nation is so. Tremendously important because without God, we become a slave. So what was Jesus saying? He was saying, "No human being, no human being, controls me. No religious affiliation controls me. No person, place, or thing governs who I am." Jesus, um, Jesus was saying that he was he was free, and he's going to use his freedom and to to serve God. And he was going to use his freedom first to govern himself and then to serve God. So Jesus is saying, I am a self-governing agent in the earth to do the will of my father. He's saying, I think and act and this, I think, decide and act for myself. This is what it means to be sovereign. See, when you're sovereign, you can't blame others. Because if you take full responsibility for your life, even when others do things to you, you're still sovereign over your reaction or your response to what they do to you. So you'll see a truly sovereign person, you won't find them blaming, you won't find them trying to defend themselves. A truly sovereign person can handle your questions. A person that is not sovereign, cannot have, they don't like to be questioned. So here's a good thing for you. The people you're not able to question without retaliation, without being shut down, you might question your sovereignty in those situations. Oh my gosh, when I was raising my girls, You know, my mother used to say, you're just too, you you give them too much latitude. And I said, no, Mom, I want them to be able to think and decide for themselves. I'm raising them with leaving in mind. And I must say, I am proud of my daughters because they think, decide, and act for themselves. Some of you have seen them on Facebook, but they're their own unique individuals in Christ, and yet they've owned their sovereignty. They're owning their lives fully. Check this out. Three times. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew 26, 36-34, Jesus distinguished himself from his father. He said, not as I will, but as you will. So sovereignty distinguishes you from one person to another. Sovereignty, when you exercise your will, you're putting a boundary line around yourself and others. And so we know that Jesus and the father were individual people. They were Different personalities. They were, yes, the Godhead being together, and they formed perfect unity. And Jesus, God was Jesus. Uh, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself. But Jesus was not without humanity. He was not without a will, and so sovereignty distinguishes your will from another's will. And that's why it's so important, because we can easily get into groupthink. We, and I'm telling you, it happens all the time with the best intentions. We can easily get into group things. I tell the people that, that worked and helped me and, and we worked together, I don't need yes people. Why? Because if, I, if all I have is yes people around me, I don't need them because I'm a committee of yes all by myself. But I need people that are going to give me honest feedback. I need people, and I, I say this of Amy all the time. You know, we minister together and do different things together. She's also my spiritual daughter. But I would tell you this: that she, you guys can love a message or whatever, have you? But I would tell you, she would just look at me. And it's like, what are you doing? What did you do? Why? Because she has the freedom to question. Why? Because we both want to be true. To the truth. And here's the thing if you're true to people more than you are to the truth, then you must question your sovereignty. Matthew 26, 50, in the same chapter, so we had Jesus given the Passover, we had him in the Garden of Gethsemane, and now we see him when it was time to be turned over, and Judas turned him over to the Roman soldiers. And in verse tw- Matthew 26, 53, and 54, it says this Don't you realize? that I could ask my heavenly Father for angels to come and deliver me at any time, and instantly he would answer me by sending more than 12 legions of angels to come and protect us. But that would thwart the prophetic plan of God, for it has been written that it would happen this way. So Jesus understood who his Father was, who he was, and that he had come to earth to do father's will he came to own to take on our humanity but he also came to exercise his free will in surrender to the spirit of god and so he places himself under the government of god so when we use our free will when we use our ability to govern ourselves and we yield that to the spirit of god we come up under the spirit of god do you know there are christians that identify with christ that exercise free will but they, they're not surrendered to the spirit of God. So they're not under the government of God, even though they profess Christ. See, sovereignty is the freedom and the ability to govern yourself and to surrender, the grace to surrender and place ourselves under the government of God. Philippians two eight says that Jesus humbled or surrendered himself to death. But if you read that chapter, if you read those verses five through eight, it first says, That Jesus thought it was not robbery to be equal with God, but he took on the form of a servant, not servant leadership, how we talk about it. He took on the form of a servant. Here's how he did it. In the likeness of humanity, not in the likeness of a leader, but in the likeness of humanity, this is how he became a servant. He took on the likeness of humanity and became a man or male and surrendered all of that, and became obedient unto death. So unless Jesus had sovereignty, he would not be able to surrender himself even unto death. My God, we need to identify with God, with Christ, but we also need to understand our sovereignty and reclaim our sovereignty in this hour. So what about us? you know we identify with Christ we know who we are we can even declare it we'll be quick to say you just need to you just need to to see and, and speak who you are in Christ you need to just declare who you are in Christ well that's part of it guys that's maybe the left hand but the right hand is about rulership and rulership is about your sovereignty and you cannot rule without sovereignty we are sovereign beings created in the image of Jesus Christ we are sovereign beings we have the ability and the capacity to rule ourselves. And that rulership, that self-government is necessary if we are going to yield to the spirit of God when he says go one way and everybody else is going another way. You're going to have to understand your sovereignty to be able to do that. So we have the right to be sons, but my question is, are you a sovereign son? We may be sons, but are you a sovereign son? Is your life under your leadership? See, we'll rule others well when we lead ourselves first, and when we lead ourselves into the fear of the Lord, when we lead ourselves to the to the will that God has for us. First Timothy 1.7 7 says this for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self control. So the spirit of self control that was in Christ is now in us. That spirit of self-control enables us, graces us to rule our own lives. Oh, my gosh. Guys, I am learning lessons like out the zoo about uh, the difference between identity and sovereignty. And so much, um, to, there's just so much I could say here that I want you to get the essence of this. You must have sovereignty, not just identity with Christ. So he gave us a spirit, a spirit, not a fear. So the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of self-control. That means, and also self-control is a fruit of the spirit. So it's a result of the spirit of self-control that God has given us working itself out in us. And so we're expected to cooperate and govern ourselves accordingly. Romans six fourteen through 16 says this, remember this, sin will not conquer you. For God already has. You are not governed by the law, but by the reign of the grace of Jesus Christ. What are we to do then? Should we sin to our heart's content since there is no law to condemn us anymore? What a terrible thought. Here's the key. Don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master? So grace frees you, so choice is a part of sovereignty. If you have no choice, you're not sovereign. If you feel trapped, you're not, you're not in sovereignty. You're not exercising your sovereignty. If people retaliate against you, then it's a question of, you know, it's a question of sovereignty and how you're going to continue to exercise sovereignty in that relationship. In a relationship where you don't have sovereignty, it's ultimately going to be a problem. It will ultimately be a problem. So grace frees us to own our lives, to choose who's going to be our master. But he said, but choose carefully for you, for you surrender yourself, to whom you surrender yourself, to, you become servant. For to whom you surrender yourself, you become a servant, bound to the one that you choose to obey. So I can identify with Christ all day long. But if I'm not using my sovereignty, my ability to think, decide, and act for myself in a way that, is yielding to use it, that it yields to the, to the will of God for my life, not your life, but my life, not to the church's life, but, but my life, then we're going to have a challenge. It says it will become our master. So you and I have to have this sovereignty, the ability to make decisions for ourselves. And because when we do, when we make these choices, whatever it is, whoever it is, will become our master, and, your own, and, and it will own you and reward you with death. See, Jesus Christ said in John ten ten, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So when you are not operating under your sovereign will, that is an independent act of your will. That means you gather all of the information between what people are saying and you take it to your father and get his disposition on it. My gosh, and he'll speak to you. He'll answer you. He will answer you. He really will. I was, real situation just several hours ago, I was contemplating and and asking God about a situation in my life, and I was like, God, I just really need your wisdom. I have all this information and all this knowledge from knowledgeable people, but God, I need your wisdom to know what to do. And do you know, after I quieted myself and and had that that thought, the phone rang with the person that gave me the answer what am I saying to you? So much information is coming at you and I every single day. I'm talking about religious, non-religious, political, non-political, social, sexual, um, you know, there's so much information that's coming at us. We don't even have time to process the amount of information that comes at us. We have one of two choices. You can jump on a bandwagon, or you can withdraw yourself and reclaim your sovereignty and ask God, what say you? What say you? Oh, my gosh. It says here, it says, if you choose to love sin, it will become your master, and it will own you and own you, and reward you with death. But if you choose to love God, love and obey God, he will lead you into perfect righteousness. You cannot obey God without sovereignty you cannot do what he wants you to do without full control of your will so here it is in summary so i'm not going to keep you guys long i've said a lot and i'm so tempted to unpack some more stuff but i don't want to do that i want to just leave this just drop this on you and i want you guys to comment in the the comment line have you ever thought about the difference between identity and sovereignty your sovereignty have you ever heard a message on sovereignty we hear a lot on identity remember there's not either or it's a left hand and a right hand and they're designed to work together and so again your identity is about who you are sovereignty is about what you do identity is about the right to be something sovereignty is the ability to do some, to the ability to do that thing or to become that thing. So Jesus set us free to give us a new identity. He also set us free so that we could reclaim our sovereignty. And in this hour, there is no other thing that I find more important in my life. And, again, I'm sharing with you things as I learn. We teach on this every Wednesday night. I've been teaching about sovereignty for weeks now. And we'll teach this Wednesday night and the number at the top of the um, that I gave you. If the internet had uh, problems or whatever, that's the same number we teach on Wednesdays at eight eight p.m. Eastern. I welcome you to join that call. Uh, we must reclaim our sovereignty because without sovereignty, you will not be able to fill God fulfill God's will for your life. The Bible says the Father has intense love for Jesus because Jesus owned His life fully. You'll never see Jesus blaming anyone. You'll never see Jesus deferring. You'll never see Jesus defending or deflecting himself. He, def- I mean, he, he's just amazing. Sovereignty, aside from your identity in Christ, sovereignty is everything. If you don't have the freedom to think and decide for yourself in a relationship, there is a problem. If you think and decide for yourself in a relationship with repercussions, abuse, neglect, exploitation, that is a problem. That is a problem. God doesn't endorse that. I don't care how Christianly identifying we are. God celebrates sovereignty. God celebrated Jesus' sovereignty. We need to celebrate each other's sovereignty. I want my kids to think for themselves. One day I'm not going to be here, and gosh, they better know how to speak for themselves. One last example I'll give you is, you know, think about two people. Two people have diabetes, and, um, They both have a vision. They both have a word to be healed, and they both receive. They identify with the healing that is in Christ Jesus and that he won for us. But one recognizes that in order to work together with healing, that they would need to change their diet, and they did. So they exercised their free will. So this person now eats totally different. They exercise totally different, and they've been doing this for two years. And so they are, there's, their AC1 level is low, and they continue to enjoy the benefits of health and being healed. The other person believes that they're healed. They declare, we've prayed for them, but they've not changed. They've not used their sovereignty to change anything. So, again, you can have the will of God. You can identify with the will of God. But until you exercise sovereignty, the right to choose how you're going to participate or yield, um, it, it really is not going to be much of effectiveness to you. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, guys, that's really all I have tonight. I, I want to keep it short. If you have questions, I'm going to jump back on here. because I've been looking between you. It says, unable to start video. So I don't know where you guys are going, but um, it just kind of cut me off. So I'm just going to close with that. I, I honestly don't know what happened. I pray that if you found something or you began to listen to this and you found something worth worth listening to in it, that you'll go ahead. I'm going to give you the replay number for the video, Um I'm going to go ahead and give you the replay number for those that caught part of it or you might want to listen to all of it. I also put this on the Facebook page so that you can hear the message in entirety. But the, the, um, the number to replay it, it's different than the call-in number, so listen closely. The number to replay it is 605-475-4980. The access code is the same, three four one pounds And the reference number for today's call is 164-pound, 164 164-pound. 164 so I want you to share that if you got something from it. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. Not sure what happened with the Internet, but we're going to keep trucking and moving forward and trust God with the outcome. That's all we can do. We can use the grace to yield to him, our sovereignty to yield to him, and then trust his grace with the outcome. So bless you guys. I will see you on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Thanks so much for joining me.